Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Right. Firstly, I'd like to apologise for what I'm wearing. I appreciate it's all a bit loud for breakfast on a Saturday morning. I did... Oh, better. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, it is fun. Um, and I also came in with bright red lipstick, but even I just thought that was just far too much for breakfast on Saturday morning, so I have allowed that to get breakfasted away. Um, before I came today, I was like, I knew what I sort of what I felt God was asking me to speak on, um, but I didn't really know what to call it. I didn't know whether to call it. Um, like runners, mothers, or role models. So I decided to call it all three. So the title of my talk um, is called Runners, Mothers, and Role Models. Now, just to give you a heads up, um, Mark's been very, very lovely. Um, I have uh, got, I'm going to be dotting all over scripture. Um, so hopefully it will come up behind us. Um, just also by explanation, um, I'm wearing my Superwoman T-shirt. Um, for a reason, and it shall remind you throughout the entire time I'm talking, which hopefully won't be too long, and Jackie's going to drag me off <laughs> when my time's up, is that this is you. It's not just me. This is who we are. And you might not feel like it, but this is who you are. And I know that because I know that that's why God's made you like that. I've also got a gardening glove on. So Gracie and I went to Colour Conference, which is the Hillsong Conference down in London. And, um, and a lot of the theme of the conference was about being out in the field, just being an ordinary woman out in the field. And this is about being an ordinary woman. I'm actually going to take it off because my hand's already toasting in here. But um, yeah, except I got two, I got two right hands which I know I'm right-handed, but have been helpful for practical purposes to have a left and right. But anyway, that's inside. So yes, this is about being an ordinary woman because actually, you know, we are super women, and you are, but we're all ordinary women. So I'll keep them. You can still look at my gorgeous colour conference gardening gloves. So it's quite fun. There were, I think, was it 11,000 people there, Gracie? like 11,000 people um, in London. Um, it was amazing. And all of us with um, gardening gloves at the, <laughs> at the end. <laughs> a lot of gardening gloves. So, um, Mark, if you could put the first scripture up, which is um, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. And it says, um, you've probably got it up before me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Um, and it says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And, um, you know, we're in a race, and we have a choice in how we run that race. 
But actually, the Bible exhorts us to be, to be disciplined in how we do it. But we are in a race. You are in a race. Whether you think you're in a race or not, you are in a race. And um, yeah, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And we are running a race, and God has put each of us in a race. Whether we like it or not, we are in a race. You are in a race. And, um, and, and like every athlete, we need to fix our eyes on the goal. And we need to fix our eyes on the prize. And, um, and we need to pursue what God has taken hold of us for. God has taken hold of each one of us for a purpose. And what I'll say at the outset is that this isn't about works. This isn't about what you can do for God. This is about being who you are in God. Um, and that's a very different thing. It's, you can do nothing, you know, our first and highest calling is to be worshippers of God, which is doing something, but to us it doesn't feel like much. But that is actually your highest calling, is to be above all things a worshipper and a lover of Jesus. And if you sit in a remote hut in the middle of nowhere and see no one for the rest of your life, and you worship Jesus, you are fulfilling your highest calling. And that is what we are called to do. But I also know that God has put us in a race. And actually, none of us here are in a remote hut because we're all sat together. <laughs> and, um, and he's put us in a race. And it's a race we're running together. And a runner doesn't need someone to say, you need to run now. If you look at an Olympic um, sprint race or track race, they're not waiting there for their mum or their coach to say, Go on, Liz, it's your time to run now, off you go. No, no, they start running when the gun goes. And we've all had the gun go off in our life, and the gun went off the moment you were saved. And that's the moment that you were put into the race. So don't be waiting for, you know, someone to say, right, right, start running. You don't need a word from God. You don't need a word from me. Because actually, the moment you were saved... The gun went off in your life, and that was the moment that you started your race. This helpful illustration has been provided by the lovely Sheila, Jackie and Lynn, whoever else has helped, and Pro Rach, you've helped set up for breakfast this morning. This is a croissant. Like, we all know it's a croissant. I don't need to tell it it's a croissant, okay? Its role is to be eaten, um, but it's a croissant. And um, in the same way, whether you feel it or believe it, you are a new creation. And actually, you have been won at a cost. You have been won at a high cost. And 2 Corinthians um, 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so, again, whether you feel it or not, you are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And we have a choice whether we look back to the old 
and we let the old drag us down or whether we look to the promises of God over our own lives and we look to the future and to the call of God in our lives. This croissant is a croissant. It's not sentient. It doesn't know it's a croissant, okay? But it is still a croissant. And you are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. You have been made alive in Christ. You are full of Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. You don't need to feel it, but I'm telling you, that is who you are. And we need to know who we are. Whether we feel it or not, we need to start standing on the truth that I am a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. This croissant doesn't know it's a croissant, but it is a croissant. Okay, and it's the same for you. You are a new creation. It's very easy for us to think, you know, you might be saying that, but you don't know what's going on in my heart, or you don't know what I've done, or actually you say all these things, Liz, but actually I'm not, I'm not really qualified to do all the things that you're saying. I'm not, I'm not confident, or I'm not... Um, you know, clever, or I'm not, I'm not good at stuff. We disqualify ourselves. And what we're doing is we're listening to the lies of the enemy and we're coming into agreement with them. Because I tell you what we are. We are super women. We are powerful. And if every woman in the church rose up and took her place in the church, in the home, in your community, actually, we will change the world because this is who we are. We are super women. And um, we, the devil's not a gentleman. You know, he, he's, 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 he's prowling around seeking to kill and destroy. And what he wants to do with us is keep us out the game because he knows who we are. Same way we know that croissant is a croissant. The croissant doesn't know it's a croissant, but I know it's a croissant. The, de the devil knows you by name and the devil knows what God has put in you but do you know what God's put in you? Because too easily we listen to the lies and we come into agreement with them, which could be absolutely anything. It could be, you know, God says, go and do this. Oh, but I need confirmation. I need confirmation of two or three others. You know, before I step out into that, I need to hear, hear a word from the Lord. No, no, move forward, go and do it. If it's not right, you know, I'm sure God will shut the door, but actually, you know, if you're going out to rob a bank, don't do it. It's wrong. But if you're not planning on going out to rob a bank, go and do what God's called you to do. Because actually, the chances are more likely that it's the call of God on your life rather than the de devil trying to tell you to, to not, you know, to do something that's naughty. You know, you, you, we've all got Holy Spirit in us. We're discerning. You know if it's right or wrong. If it's not illegal, if it's not sin, go and do it. Don't wait for someone to tell you to do it. You know, go and do it. And, um, you know, part of the thing with racing as well is you've got the relay race where you hand the baton on. And you've all got a baton to hand on to someone. And what is your baton that you're handing on? Because it's not just about you and, and what you do, but it's about um, being a role model and passing that baton on to someone else. What's the baton that you're passing on to other people? Um, I was saying to Grace and Lily earlier, you know, they're role models in this church, as is this Grace, you know, for their younger siblings, for the other children in this church. You know, it doesn't matter how old or young you are, um, 
each of us has a race to run and each of us has a baton to pass on. And, and it's about passing something on. And it doesn't matter how old we are. Um, this is totally pinched. So much of what I'm saying today is pinched from other people. And um, I'm doing a degree at the moment. And um, I have to, you know, anything... I've a quote to say from anyone else I have to you know acknowledge that was really nice I don't have to do this at all but I will say this is from J. John <laughs> so um, this is a £10 note what is the value of this £10 okay so this if you're listening on the podcast if it's being podcast is a fairly crisp £10 note I did have one but I swapped it for someone else's so thank you for having put this in the in the basket so I'm now scrunching up this £10 so the £10 is now in a little ball I've dropped the £10 in the foot I'm stamping on it the £10 was temporarily stuck to my foot I'm now unravelling the little ball of £10 sorry Jackie <laughs> this is Grace and my breakfast <laughs> This is our breakfast money. Um, so I've now unraveled the £10. What is it? How much is it worth? And it's the same for you. You've been bought at a price. And actually, the moment you were bought at the price on the cross, your value was completely sealed. And you can't add anything to this and you can't take anything away from it. Whatever this looks like, its value is £10. And whatever you do to it, short of shredding it probably, you know, its value is £10. And it's a bit like life. We go through life and we get screwed up and squished on and all the rest of it. But actually, you know, you, you are valuable and you are worth something to your father. You are absolutely adored and loved by your father. There's nothing you can do to take value away from who you are in Christ. And there's nothing you can do to add to the value of who you are in Christ. You know, this 10 pounds, it doesn't matter what happens, it's still 10 pounds. And, um, you know, we need to start knowing who we are and knowing that we've been bought at a price and that we are precious and we are loved. And it doesn't matter what the messes are in our life. It doesn't matter what the good things are in our life. Actually, you are valuable and, um, and God chose you and love you and you're his favorite. You are the apple of his eye. He delights over you in singing. And um, we need to know who we are in Christ, that we have been bought at a price and um, we are powerful and uh, we are valuable we are valuable to him and we are valuable to one another and um, I'd encourage you you know life's difficult we've been hearing about some of that this morning but you are each other's greatest support you know we in the church are each other's greatest support honor one another you will see the different things that go on in your friend lives honor each other and encourage one another because the devil's constantly saying you're stupid you're rubbish you're not good enough to do this you can't do that actually that's a lie and we need to be speaking the opposite over one another because we need to speak the truth because we carry truth yeah and and the world the media everything is bombarding us with rubbish okay 
and it's a lie. But what we need to do is constantly be building one another up, encouraging one another, speaking life over one another, because that is truth. We hear it. We hear too much of the rubbish. What we don't hear enough of is the truth. And so be liberal with the truth. Be liberal in honoring one another. Go out of your way to seek to honor other people. Go out of your way to seek to honor people. If you see someone picking the cat poo up, you know, Sheila and Jackie pick cat poo up out the yard so our kids can play out there. I found out about that today. You know, I've been here two and a half years. My kids always play out there. They're picking cat poo up outside. Disgusting, you know, but I'm so grateful they do it because they've been keeping my kids safe and, and creating a safe, nice place for my children to play. And actually, those are the things that go unnoticed. And very easily, what we do goes unnoticed but actually honor one another be liberal and 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 look for opportunities to honor each other um romans 8 14 to 17 um i'll just read it off of here here um, for all who are led by the spirit of god as sons of god for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we also may be glorified with him. Now, I nearly didn't want to read out that last bit, but actually, that is... That is our lives, actually. We all go through different sufferings, and that often looks like different things for different ones of us. But actually, that doesn't invalidate who we are. You are daughters of God. You are heirs with Christ. You know, and that is what that scripture says. And Romans 12, verse 4 to 11 just so much easier thanks mark to read to read it off of here so it says um okay just before i get into that um i'm going to read a few little scriptures but what i will say is these are the gifts and it's very easy to say oh you know i can't play the piano like rachel or i can't sing like jerry or you know i can't be a servant like jackie or you know anybody else in here we can all look at other people and we all do it we all and and the 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 media the world around us encourages us to compare ourselves to other people you know i can't run like um jessica ennis or whoever it might be and um we're encouraged by the world around us to compare ourselves to other people because what does that do to us it makes us feel like well I'm, I'm a nobody I can't do anything so what's the point of trying but actually the truth is we've all been given gifts so what are the gifts that we've been given so it says for as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function so we though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, 
the one who exhorts or encourages in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly or sisterly affection, outdo one another in showing honour. Do not be slothful, do not be slow in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. And then um, 28 says, um, this is still Romans 12, 28. Sorry, Mark. Tell me if it... Have you not got, got it? That's all right. I'll, um, I, ha- I have got a proper traditional paper copy here. Um, Romans twelve twenty eight says, um, oh, there isn't a twelve twenty eight. Oh, I put the wrong bit down. Sorry. Oh, no wonder you're having problems, Mark. Anyway, um, I've totally thrown myself now, haven't I? Okay, all right, I've totally lost plot. Um, All right, anyway, but my point is that there's a whole list of gifts there, and we've all got different gifts. Um, And I think, actually, it might be, because I think it was the passage in Corinthians, I was... um, Anyway, uh, I, I might find it, I might not. But, but the point is we've all got different gifts. And, um, and in the other bit of the passage that I didn't get to, um, you know, it talks about being a helper and, and um, hospitality. It is, it's Corinthians, isn't it? Isn't it Corinthians? Someone, someone Lynn, you, you've got a brethren background, haven't you? <laughs> I, I always go for the brethren because they all know their Bible. Is it Jackie? Oh, here we go. It's, um, it is, it's Corinthians 12. It's Corinthians 12. Yeah, so um, and then in Corinthians 12, as well, it says, uh, oh, here, we, oh, here we go. Um, uh, so the other passage was, which I didn't write down, was Corinthians 12. And um, it says, um, we've got loads of different gifts, la la la. There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of varieties of service, but the same Lord. Um, and there are varieties of activities, but is, it is the same God who empowers them all in every one. To each, that's another way of saying everyone. To all of you, to all of us, um, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faithful by the same Spirit, uh, sorry, faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And then he goes on to say um, in the sort of middle bit of this chapter, chapter 12, talks about us being one body and each one of us has to play our part. You know, and we've experienced that 
actually when one part of our body suffers, we all suffer. And, you know, we're all feeling what's going on with, with these different families and people that we've mentioned and been praying for um, to start off with. But actually, we all have a role to play. And whether we think we're, you know, the little toe on our foot or, you know, whatever part of the body we might be, we all have our role to play. And we, as a church, are strong and as a community are strong. And we have an impact in our communities by playing the part that God has given us to play. And then um, this is where the the verse 28 came in sorry mark and god has appointed in the church first apostles second prophets third teachers then miracles then gifts of healing helping administrating and various kinds of tongues are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers to all work miracles to all possess gifts of healing to all speak with tongues to all interpret but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still more excellent way. Now, God, just to say quickly here, is he's not, this isn't a hierarchy of this person's better than the other. These are different gifts that we need to function in the church. Um, but, you know, like these two passages in Romans and Corinthians, there's a whole list of gifts in there, and I've shot through them, but there will be ones in there that you can think, actually, that's me, that's me. I exhort you, I encourage you, find out, you, you probably know, but if you don't know, go to these passages, go to this, go to Romans 12, go to Corinthians 12, um, and look at them like, what, what are my gifts? And challenge yourself, are you running the race? Are you pursuing the goal, the prize that is set before you? Are you pursuing all the things that God has put in your heart? Are you pursuing, um, and are you being the diligent athlete with what God has given you? Um, because we are super women, and, and we will and can make a difference when we all play our part. But as a church, we all need to play our part because otherwise we're hobbling along. And actually, that was never the Father's intention. It doesn't mean our lives are perfect because actually, we've all done life. We've all got our wrinkles and crinkles but we're still worth £10. We still have value and we still have purpose. I can still pay for my breakfast with this <laughs> because it's still worth £10. And, and, you know, as I say, the wrinkles and crinkles are a bit like life, but actually we still have value, we still have purpose. But God didn't say, because you've got wrinkles and crinkles, you're no longer worth £10, so let the person who's perfect do it. Because actually, that person doesn't exist apart from Jesus. Um, and actually, if we all just left it to the perfect person, then, you know, we might as well pack up and go home. And actually, we are powerful because we are these super women. And um, Proverbs 1 verse 8. We are all mothers. It says here, hear my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. And actually, you don't have to have your own children to be a mother. Some of the most amazing mothers I know haven't got children. And they are phenomenal women. And actually, I say they haven't got children. They've got loads of children. They might not be blood children, but they've got many children. And actually, we all have a responsibility to be mothers to the people coming up behind us. And I'm so grateful to God that he's put mothers in my life. 
um, people that I can look up to and I can be taught by and who have wisdom to impart to me. But we're all in that role, whatever age we are. You know, Grace, Grace and Lily are still mothers. They're mothers and they are role models to people who are younger than them. And you've all got things that you can impart to people who... who are in your lives um, and um, and we have a role and, and the Bible says we need to do that. We need to do that for the benefit of our children. Um, they need to hear our teaching and our wisdom and actually we need to do that. We've got power and authority to change people's lives and I want to give um, a couple of stories. The first is um, of my, mother, my actual mother-in-law, um, an absolutely incredible woman. Um, sorry. She passed away after Christmas. And um, it wasn't possible for us to see her. But, um, and actually she hasn't met the boys but she did meet Grace. And I'm so grateful to her and for her um, because I've learned so much from her. And early on in my marriage to Shola, it was before we had the children, we just got into this really bad rut of like just niggling away at each other. You know, rather than calling out the gold, we were calling out the dirt. It's so easy to do. And, um, you know, marriages last because we call out the gold in one another, not because we call out the dirt. But we'd started calling out the dirt in each other and pointing out the dirt. And anyway, Charlotte got this phone call one day from his mum, who basically completely tore us through. She lives in Nigeria. She hadn't seen us. She hasn't seen us married. She came to our wedding day, but that was... Um, and, and one brief moment, uh, we had a week with her when Gracie was four months old. But that's the only time she's seen us together as a married couple. Um, but it was before Gracie was born. She'd never seen us together as a married couple. And anyway, um, Charlotte was on the phone to his mum. And his mum tore a strip off him and said, You and your wife need to start being kind to one another. You and your wife need to stop, stop um, you know putting each other down and he told me and I was completely floored I'm like I know God's watching I know the host of angels but now to know that my mother-in-law in Nigeria knows what's going on in my marriage it freaked me out a lot um, but I'm so grateful for that moment because actually we took a stand on that day to call out the gold in each other and not to point out the dirt and you know my mother-in-law was a powerful, mighty woman of God. And the whole time I've known her, she was, um, she was the youngest of a big family. Um, she just spent her day, she was retired, and she would spend her day and her night praying. And she would intercede for her children and their wives and their families. And actually, even though she's in Nigeria, the father told her that she's interceding for us, that actually she needed to say something because he'd revealed something to her about our marriage. And I am so grateful to God for revealing to my mother-in-law in that place of prayer the rubbish that was going on in my marriage at the time, 
because actually she's transformed my marriage by speaking out what God had revealed to her. And that's, that's a little old Nigerian lady in Lagos, in a house with no electricity, no running water, hearing from God in that place of prayer, in that quiet place, and she changed my marriage. What's the difference with you? You know, you've all got children, whether they're your blood children or they're people who call you their mum and treat you and look up to you and honour you in that place. But you have got a power and authority. So don't dismiss the quiet place of prayer. Don't dismiss um, the power of your prayer and the opportunity it can give you to see the lives change of people in your life. And I really wanted to bring it, I couldn't find it, but um, the church I used to go to was part of an, a group called New Frontiers, and uh, the couple who set that up were called Wendy and Terry Virgo, and Wendy Virgo wrote a book, and I think it might be called Mainly for Mothers, but I forget. Um, anyway, in her book, she gives testimony about one of her children, who was a teenager, uh, in late teens, working, very backslidden. And she really felt impressed by Holy Spirit to pray for him. And so she felt it was right to have a week of prayer and fasting for her son. She didn't know why Holy Spirit had asked her to do it, but she was obedient and she did it. And she prayed and fasted and she didn't know why. I don't even think he was living at home at the time, um, but um, she did what the father had said. She prayed and fasted for her son in the secret place. At the end of that week, he was at work and he broke down in tears overwhelmed by the power of God he had to go into a cupboard in the office and pull himself together and um and he came you know went home and got in touch with his mom and said have you been praying for me because he'd been encountered by God and now he's serving God and he's full of Holy Spirit and you know his life was transformed because his mum prayed for him in the secret place and she was obedient to God. And we can all do that. We all have people in our lives. You know, your prayers. She, Wendy Virgo is an ordinary woman. She's a mum. You know, she, she's, she's one of these. She's a superwoman who probably doesn't feel like it most of the time. And it's exactly the same for you. Your words have power and authority to bring change. Your words have power and authority to bring change to your nearest and dearest. Your words, your prayers have power and authority to change the situation for Zoe, to change the situation for Phil, to change the situation for Angel, to change the situation for uh, Rebecca. You know, don't, don't listen and come into agreement with the lies that your prayers don't have the power and, uh, and authority to bring change because you have the same Holy Spirit living in you that raised Jesus from the dead. These were just ordinary women. There was nothing special. There was nothing unusual about them. They were ordinary women. And um, Hebrews um, 11 is such an amazing passage. And it talks about faith. Um, it's somewhere in this little book. Here we go. So, Hebrews 1 to 3 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And then... Um, 
I could have gone through the whole thing, but I've just picked out a couple of the women. So verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. We don't see how how it's going to play out, but we can have faith, the assurance of things, hopeful. And verse um, 31, by faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And, And these, I mean... Rahab was prostitute. These are ordinary women, but they had faith and they they took the step of faith to believe in the promises, to believe in the word of God. Um, And we've got a choice to focus on what we can't do or to fix our eyes on Jesus and run the race and do the things that he can, that we can do through him. You know, it's so easy to say we're not qualified and to look at what we can't do, but actually God qualifies you for everything he calls you to. You don't need to understand the ins and outs of it. I'm doing a master's degree at Durham, and the entry requirements for a master's degree at Durham are a minimum 2-1 um, from your first degree. I got a 2-2, but I felt God called me to do this master's. God qualified me because on paper I can show you that I'm not qualified to do this degree, you know, and actually God qualifies you and God will give you everything you need to do what he has called you to. Um, And um, if you can just put Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 up, please, Mark. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And um, I want us to end on that passage because actually it's not about us. It's about him and what he's put in us. But we still have a responsibility. And we need to remember who we are, that we've been bought at a price. You need to remember that your words and what you do, whether they're seen by anyone or no one, are powerful to affect change. And, um, and, and he's the one who qualifies you. And you need to ask him, you know, he, he will, can you just put the, um, the twen- verse 20 up again, Mark, please? It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. And that think can sometimes be translated imagine, okay? I've got quite a good imagination and I I make sure I imagine big. But don't limit yourself by what you think you can do. Start imagining because actually that's what that says. Him, Father God, who is able to do far more abundantly then all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, we're not alone. We've got Holy Spirit in us. We've got each other around us. But actually, start dreaming big. Start thinking big. And stop disqualifying yourself. And start running the race, knowing that you are qualified to do all that he has called you to do. You are a superwoman. You really are a superwoman. You don't have to feel it. You might be the croissant that doesn't know it's a croissant, but it is still a croissant. And I'm telling you, you are a superwoman. You don't need to feel super to be a superwoman. 
And um, and so my prayer today is, and we're going to finish with worship, is just that um, that we will keep our eyes set on the goal, fixed on the goal set before us. And we will know who we are in Christ. We will know that we've been bought at a price and we are precious and valuable. And our value has not and will not and cannot change. So, Father God, I thank you for making us women. Ha. <laughs> I thank you, Father, that you have made us powerful women. I thank you, Father, that you've made us super women. I thank you, Father, that you have put more in us than we even know. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to honor one another, to call out the gold in each other and those around us. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would help bring discernment when the lies come in to try and hold us back and stop us and say you can't or you're not, that we would, we would deal with them and know them for what they are. Ha. And I just break off lies now of everyone here in this room that wherever we have come into agreement with lies from the pit of hell, we say we don't do it anymore. And we say we recognize you for what you are. Because, and I want you to say this after me, I am super. I am a superwoman. I am powerful. I have authority. My prayers have power to change. My words have power to speak life. And I am determined to set my face like flint and run towards the goal you have set before me. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you come and you make those words we've spoken real in our hearts and real in our heads. That we would rise up as the mighty, powerful, super women you have made us. That nothing is going to stand in our way. Ha! That you qualify us. You delight in us. There is nothing more we can do or take away from the value that you have given us. And Father God, we are determined to rise up and take our place and to be the mighty superwomen that you have called us to be. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.